Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? for I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool! This very night, your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a mistake to hear our scriptures today as a spiritual warrant to withdraw to heaven our earthly responsibilities today, as Jay told us. It's a mistake to hear them as falling within the transactional values of consumer Christianity. I wonder if instead we might muscle and struggle with these texts, seeking that deeper transformation of provenient grace and everlasting assurance. Friends, we follow a living Christ who did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. We follow the living Christ whose self-emptying grace calls us into that deeper metanoia, that deeper transformation, that engagement with God's present kingdom being made known in lives just as messy and just as beautiful as yours and mine. Our mandate is not to earn God's grace, but to share God's love. That's the calling that we have God's image within us calls us to work for God's justice today, to share God's love today, to embrace God's grace today, not to buy our way into heaven, not to claw our way into grace by othering others. And so on mornings such as this, where we struggle again and again and again and again to respond to the news out of El Paso and now out of Dayton, May we be reminded that one not need become a monster in order to defeat a monster. For ours is not a God who walks around putting fingers on triggers or causing the rains to flood towns. When those first horrid shots rang out, God's was the first heart to break. For God is love and love and love and love. 
as we continue to hear God's word for us today, may we allow that fundamental truth, that assurance, that challenge to seep into our souls and transform our lives. You can tell that my family and I have been traveling for so long that I forgot which scripture I had told Jay to put second. So we'll read it from the New Revised Apple Version. (laughs) Regardless, let us listen for God's word. So you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is also idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all those things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. We're still working on some of those. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have been stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, wolverine, Spartan, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against you, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I'm finding it a bit hot here after six years in Scotland, so you'll forgive me if I take off my jacket. In the last 20 days, we've been to North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Texas, and now Michigan. So my body doesn't know what to think, but my heart is glad to be here. Late on a Friday night, the 5th of July, the Reverend Dr. Bill Goforth of Cold Springs Presbyterian Church in Bristol, Tennessee, entered the the church triumphant. That's how my dad would say it. My mom would say, well, he's passed on. Uh, My wife would say, he's dead. There's a clarity to our language that is both theologically true, but also caring and compassionate. And Bill was one of those colorful characters who made church more of a home than an institution, an earthly soul whose friendship and counsel lifted my spirit, challenged my mind, and inspired my heart. Bill Goforth lived into his name's sake. I've known Bill since I was a little boy, and while the wound of his death is deep, It's been clean. We just missed his service. But as the strength of his life again to be stronger than the pain of his death, I remember his stories in a new light. 
Bill left the army after many years, but the army never left him. His spine was always straight, even when his belly began to sag, and his hair was always immaculately combed and oiled, even when there was more scalp than hair. His shoes were polished to perfection. Trousers and short razor press, the army never left him. He traded a silver set of captain's pins for an old rugged wooden cross around his neck and his leather-bound chaplain's Bible never left under his arm. For decades, he would spend his summers in the woods of North Carolina at the church camp where I was a camper and then on staff, and Bill relaxed when he was in the woods. Now, by relaxed, I mean he put on a pressed white shirt and a black tie only with short sleeves, and his shorts were heavy wool, but pressed. And he pulled his black socks. I don't think he wanted to give those socks away, Jay. He pulled his black sock up as high as he could and put on those old garter belts. You know those garter belts if you are of a certain age. And he wore his third best pair of patent leather army shoes, resold and resold and resold after countless marches, always polished to a razor-sharp sheen. But the, co- the toes were curled up and his march became a duck walk more than anything else. He would greet the children of the camp. Little sister, how are you this beautiful morning? What do you know good he would draw? The peace of Christ be with you this day, little brother. Where are you from? And then when he really got going, he would say, the Jesus in me greets the Jesus in you. These were his unfailing greetings to generation after generation of a church camp that now celebrates 60 years. But that was Bill. Cheesy but genuine, and it was the 1990s when I was on staff, and his 1950s horn-rimmed glasses would fall off his eyes just so that when he read from his King James Bible, he would push them up again and again, something that sadly I know the feeling of now as well. Then he would lead spontaneous singing, whether you knew the hymn, liked the hymn, or not. There is a fountain filled with blood, he would bellow, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. We were miles apart theologically, but our hearts were united in Christ, which told us our heads didn't have to be. Bill had one job as he saw it, to go forth to share God's love, teaching, preaching, listening, laughing and singing, all tools to the same end. He was put on this earth to love others and to make sure that everyone he met and everyone he knew knew his love for them and God's love too. Bill was one of those souls that could go forth into the world in peace and in strength. His jokes were horrid, his sermons were dusty, but his love was unmistakable. Maybe you've known someone like that in your life. Some folk only saw his unusual uniform. Some only heard his formal manner and deep southern drawl. Some failed to hear beyond his antiquated hymns and the form of what he said to the love and the devotion, the why of his life. And some of the children would giggle at his turned-up toes and his pale legs, but he would just laugh along with them and swat the flies from his head as they really enjoyed his pomade. 
And at the end of the week, he would say, goodbye, children. Jesus loves you, and so do I. So brush your teeth and comb your hair, because Jesus and germs are everywhere. (laughs) It preached in the 90s. He always entered and exited any encounter with blessings and peace, unconcerned with his appearance or anyone else's appearance, unconcerned with biography or genealogy or ideology. His was a life of generosity to God. He slowed down in later years, and the march became a duck walk, and then it became a snail's crawl. And it reminds me of those words from the poet, though much is taken much still abides. And though we are now not the strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. To the very end of his days, he shared the love of God with everyone he met, God's love in Bill never failed. Always seeking, always searching, never yielding. After his death, hundreds gathered in that little country church with fewer pews than we see here in the chancel, packing it out rafter to rafter. Every pew full to give thanks to God for Bill. What he will be remembered for most will be his love not his uniform, not his draw, not his hymns. The love that he gave to so many without price, without exception. Love that wouldn't go forth. Love that wouldn't go forth considering someone's theology or their biology or their genealogy or their geography. That's always smacked to me of true gospel truly good news. He wasn't perfect, but boy, his soul shone brighter than his shoes, and I can't help but think if he saw today's Scripture, he would take it at face value. Having clothed yourselves in Christ, there is no longer Jew and Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, wolverine or Spartan, slave or free, but only Christ who is all and in all. I can't help but think about the reverberations of love that can still be felt in that little country church in my own healing heart. Maybe you've known someone in your own life and the reverberations of their love still ring true, especially in the dark, especially in the silence. We need these reverberations of love, especially this morning. My friends, Holly and Casey, into the pulpit for the first time this morning as co-pastors at Grace Presbyterian Church in El Paso, Texas. And these are the words they shared with their friends before the sun came up. Tomorrow the church will not be silent. We will wail. We will shake our fists. We will hold one another. We will speak the truth that it wasn't a gang or an illegal person who took precious lives today but a racist, xenophobic white man who cannot fathom what love looks like. 
So tomorrow the church will love. We will love this world into hope. We will sing and we will pray and we will shout and we will turn to our God who brought Jesus out of the grave so that we might have life. Let us use this life, they say, not to be passive, but to persevere in Christ's justice, hope, and love. We will see you tomorrow, they write, in El Paso. And we will take all the prayers of our friends and family and send them your way. And I know you join with me in giving thanks for their ministry and in keeping the people of El Paso in your prayers, which is not especially for us Presbyterians, a passive endeavor because our prayers will lead to prayerful action and prayerful love and prayerful support. Friends, we need these reverberations of love in a world that underestimates the power of resolute kindness and the boon of a gracious patience. We need these, rever- these reverberations to help us with our vocabulary. Because, friends, we're living in a world that pushes us further and further towards tribalism. And we're discouraged from reaching across the aisle, across denomination, or across faith. We need these reverberations of love in our culture because it seeks to only encourage us to see what it wants us to see. Male or female, Jew or Gentile, Republican or Democrat. Yet Christ encourages us to boldly go forth and see differently, to love defiantly and act boldly, to see with all our beautiful and messy particularities the very image of God at work in each other because, friends, germs and Jesus are everywhere. Friends, what might it it be like for us this week to go forth and speak a word of blessing to the image of God in everyone that we meet. Now, I don't mean out loud. We are Presbyterians after all. (laughs) But what if this week we go forth from this place allowing our hearts to speak a word of blessing to the very image of God at work in the ones that we meet? actually allowing the Jesus in us to greet the Jesus in our enemies, in our neighbors, in our colleagues, even in our ministers? What if we went forth from this place trying to be a bit like Bill and go forth in love? Hallelujah. Amen. It is still hard to see you in the world today, Lord Jesus. Love is elusive. Healing seems far off. Peace, an impossible dream. We pray that just as you fed the multitudes, you would make your abundance known. Where your children go hungry, break us open like bread. When your people are thirsty, pour us out like streams of clear, cool water. When hatred and violence spring into deadly action and lives are lost, center us and protest, patience, peace, and mercy. Bind up our hearts and still our quivering minds. Where the earth groans, let your dew refresh and shade protect us. Your promised flourishing life abundant. So we beg you to continue your promise and make your reality seen among us this day. 
So may your Holy Spirit open our ears and eyes, our hearts and minds to know and to know you and your call and to serve you with our every breath. Give us courage to be makers of peace and justice, courage to confess of our own shortcomings without highlighting the sins of others. God of grain and grape, from our many stalks and vines, we pray you would create one body as we share this one bread, this one cup. So take now these simple elements and set them apart from a common to a sacred use and grace and lift us into your presence again that we may one day feast at your heavenly banquet and you may send us out nourished and prepared to build your hopeful kingdom here on earth. We pray these things in the name of Christ whose healing spirit overflowed for all who touched even his cloak and who taught us we pray together to say in one voice, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.